Well, let's get into the Word just for a while tonight. We're, we're looking at life in the Spirit. We're in part three in our series. Again, you know, we appreciate your prayers. As Brenda and I go over to, the, uh, uh, to Africa in, in November, and I'm not trying to teach tonight and preach tonight like I would teach there in a class, but the content is similar. It's basically the same. Amen? And so we appreciate your prayers. Brenda sends greetings tonight. Um, she's down in L.A. with our grandkids, and praise the Lord. She's a good girl, and she's having a good day. It's always a good day when you got little sweet girls looking at you with their beautiful little eyes. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time we have together. Thank you for the spirit of faith and the spirit of prayer. Thank you, Lord God, that we're moving onward and we're moving upward as a church. We sense it. We believe it. We know it down in our hearts. Lord, we speak to us tonight through your word and by your spirit. Thank you for the feeding time of God's word. And we glorify you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So basically what we found out that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. And it's important to know that. If we're going to live our life in the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. Paul said, the very God of peace, sanctify you holy. And I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul had great revelation about who he was in Christ. And he found out that he had an inward man. The inward man. He said, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Amen. And then last week we talked a little bit about our spirit man should be presenting our body to God regularly as a living sacrifice. In Romans chapter 12, and we could look there in verse 1, Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, your spirit man, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service or which really is your spiritual worship. It is a part of our worship unto God when we present our bodies unto Him as living sacrifices. And then Paul, this great apostle, evidently his body wanted to do some things, uh, you know, that it did before he was saved because the great apostle Paul said, but I, my spirit man, keep under my body. This is 1 Corinthians 9, 27. But I, the real me, keep under my body and bring it. He called his body an it. I bring my body into subjection. In other words, my body is not lording it over me. I am the master over my body. And I'm bringing it into subjection. Of course, then he goes on to say, lest by any means, after I've preached to others, I myself should be a castaway or I myself should be disqualified. And we talked about being qualified on a regular basis. Amen? Crucifying the flesh, keeping our body under is a good thing. Your body will talk to you, so you better learn to talk back to it. Your body will say, I'm tired, I don't want to do it, I don't want to raise my hands. You just tell your body exactly what it's going to do. You demand it, praise God, and it will line up. Amen. 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 Now tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the part of man, the soul of man. The soul of man. Spirit, we contact God with our spirit. God is a spirit. 
our physical being, we contact this natural world, this physical world with our physical body. Our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we are also instructed to do something with our minds. So let's look at Romans chapter 12 and notice with me in verse 2. Romans the second chapter. And I want to just say this because it's really important. We're going to get into some some things here in, in the next few weeks that uh, that I believe that we're going to be ready to hear. But, you know, if we don't renew our minds and control our bodies, our spirit man won't be able to dominate. Which will have a huge impact on our ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. So in Romans chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the Lord did something with our spirit, did he not? He recreated it. When we got born again, we became a new creation. We didn't get healed down here. We became brand new down here. Amen? And so he did something with our spirit. So then he instructs us to do something with our mind. Notice with me these words, be not conformed. Be not conformed. He tells us don't to be conformed. There must be a danger then if we don't make the effort to be transformed and not conformed. There must be a danger in conforming ourselves to this world system. How many of you know if your thinking was already okay, your minds wouldn't need to be renewed? And renewal of the mind is an ongoing process. Just like presenting your body as a living sacrifice to God daily, regularly, is a process. Now, I like the NLT uh, translation of this. So if we could look it up in the New Living Translation, I'll just wait for it. Uh, good translation. The New Living Translation says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing to the Lord. So we can make the choice what we allow to form us by choosing what we think on. Have you discovered that God's thoughts and God's words are transforming? We have a privilege to have 66 books God-breathed, God-inspired, God-filled, hallelujah, full of light, full of life, His words. This is God speaking to us. And if we'll listen to Him and change the way we think and change the way we believe and change the way that we speak, it will literally change your entire life. Now, this word transformed, interesting word, has the same Greek word as transfigured over there in Matthew chapter 17. So let's look over there in Matthew 17. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Matthew, the 17th chapter. In verse 1, after six days, Jesus took Peter and James and John, his brother, And brought them up into a high mountain apart. 
and was transfigured. Same Greek word for transformed. And was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. That was the glory. His face did shine as the sun. And his raiment was white as the light. The Lord of glory begin to shine and to transfigure right before their very eyes. Oh, glory to God. His face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. I believe we're coming into a day where the glory of the Lord is going to be seen on us in a greater way, in a greater dimension. Hallelujah. But now what I want you to see here, that word transfigure and transformed is the same word. The word of God says that the presence of God came down and his face began to shine. His garments were white and glistening and Jesus was transfigured before them all. And this is the same process, I want you to get this, that Paul is talking about in these verses. He's telling us that we should allow our minds to be transformed and transfigured so much that what's on the inside of us, this new birth experience, what's on the inside of us begins to show up on the outside. You keep putting the Word of God on the inside of you and staying full of the Holy Ghost and praying in the Spirit and praising in the Spirit, you will see the very transformation take place right before your eyes. Transformed is the Greek word for metamorpho, or we get the word metamorphosis from it. Caterpillars become what? Butterflies. They change into another form. They're transformed. They're transfigured. When this begins to happen in your life, your friends will be amazed. Your friends will be amazed. How many of you had the experience that you got born again, you started getting into the Word of God, and maybe you hadn't seen some friends for a few years, but then you saw them, and they looked at you and said, Oh my, what's happened to you? Anybody had that experience? Oh, what a change in my life. I got Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got the glory of God on the inside, working on the outside. Come on, somebody say it with me. Oh, what a change in my life. Who is that person? What's happened to you? Woo, glory to God. Ah, man, I'll tell you what's happened to me. I got born again. I'm a child of living God. And I found out that God loves me so much that he gave me his word. And his word has literally transformed and changed me from the inside out. What you're seeing today is a new man in Christ Jesus. And we give God all the glory. Many people... Many, many people, many of your friends will wonder what happened. You can tell them so that they can experience the same kind of change. Amen. I mean, you had a, have led a friend to the Lord. Amen. You, oh man, that's several of you. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. There's more to come.
Now, in the Amplified Version, it says this. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude. Amen. So that you may prove for yourself what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. Entire renewal of your mind. Paul said to the church at Ephesus, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I don't believe that we ought to be losing ground in the area of our memory. I don't believe that we need to buy into losing our memories and becoming forgetful. Somebody says, well, I, I, just, I just forgot something yesterday. That doesn't mean you're losing your memory. How many of you ever forgot something? It's okay to forget something. What's not okay is to start believing and to start saying, well, I guess I'm just losing my memory. That's right. This life on the inside of you will keep you. This life on the inside of you will keep you intact. This life on the inside of you will preserve you. And keep you whole until either the trumpet sounds or it's time for you just to go on to be with the Lord. I can't tell you what the verse is, but I can quote it for you. Maybe someone could look it up so we can get it. But there is a verse in the book of Proverbs which says, The memory of the just is blessed. (laughs) The memory of the just is blessed. Draw from the spirit within. For from the spirit within, he will bring things up and cause you to be sharp intellectually. He will, if he will bring all things, come on somebody, to your remembrance, he can keep you from losing your car keys. What is it? Okay, let's look at Proverbs 10 verse 7. Amen? Some of us are getting older. I didn't say we're old. We're getting older. I'm about midlife right now. I'll be 67 November 5th. Lord, and I'm not having a midlife crisis. I chose to have a midlife revival. You think about all these guys having midlife, midlife crisis. So they go out and buy themselves a Corvette that they can't even fit into. <laughs> Gold change. I think some guys would be better off if they just didn't dye their hair. All right, Proverbs, I've meddled now, right? <laughs> Proverbs chapter 10, verse 7. Proverbs 10, 7. Let's pull it up if we can. No, the memory, of, if he can bring all things to your remembrance, you don't have to forget your wife's name.
Or like Brother George just said, or your anniversary. All right. Let's read this together. Ready? Read. The memory of the just is blessed. Let's, let's camp on that for a moment. Who are the just? Who are the just? The just are those who have been justified, those that have been declared righteous, those that are right in God's sight. I asked you, who are the just? I want a little bit better participation. Who are the just? We are the just. So if we are the just, and the memory of the just is blessed... That's a promise in God's Word. That is a fact. So say it with me real, real strong. I am the just. And my memory is blessed. 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 My memory is blessed. My memory is not cursed. My memory is blessed. For Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit, but also the promises of God. We receive these by faith. Amen. In Isaiah, he says he'll make you of a quick understanding. Brother Moore says it like this. I'm quick and I'm bright and I'm sharp. I'm good looking. And I'm very rich. And I am a major blessing. Would there be anything wrong with us saying that tonight? Well, let's say it together. I'm quick. I'm quick. I'm bright. I'm bright. I'm sharp. I'm sharp. And good looking. See, I didn't forget. And good looking. Amen. And I'm very rich. And I'm a major blessing. Hallelujah. I think some of us need to hear that tonight. My memory is blessed. Glory to God. Now you profase que teshta la bronde le besa cotola mandeste. And the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the sharper you'll get. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more keen you will be. The more you pray in the Spirit, the more you will know and the more you will see. So pray much in in the Holy Ghost. And build yourself up on your most holy faith. And oh, from your inner man, you will draw from the wisdom of the ages. For I've said in my word that counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. And a man of understanding will draw it out. Never really bocosa fredeste, basombro que diste, de basso kunoma nene de gezina, neka sopra banestea. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I see it. That's revelation to me. That's revelation to me. I've never quite seen it like that before. 
that the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the keener you'll be. The more you pray in the Holy Spirit, the more you'll know and the more you'll see. Amen? Somebody says, well, I don't, I don't pray in the Spirit. Well, not yet you don't. I said, not yet you don't. But you're going to. If you will to, you're going to. Amen. Whew, my. Let's look at the message. Well, let, let me read Philip's translation of this first. I like this translation. He says, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within. Now, pull up Romans 12, 1 and 2 from the, uh, from the message translation, if you would. Message translation. He tells us what we need to do with our minds in order to be led by the Spirit and to walk in His will for our lives. In the message translation of Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, and going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing with what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Well, everybody's doing it. So what? Does God's word say to do it? If God's word doesn't say to do it, don't do it. But if you don't renew your mind, you won't know what God's will is. You don't know what you won't know what God's word says. And then you'll just be like a little robot fitting into the culture without even knowing it. You want some pot? Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to meddle. Just stop it. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. Here's what will happen. You'll be changed. You'll be changed. From the inside out. Readily recognize that what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So the number one problem with the world system, the world system, of course, operates and functions under the God, small God of this world, not our Heavenly Father. But this world system and this culture is a me first mindset. Yes, that's right. It's all about me. I'm entitled. It is the opposite of love which boils down to selfishness. Whatever makes me happy, 
That's what I'm going to do. But when you become a Christian, when you become born again, it should make a big difference in your life. If you're a serious disciple of Jesus, a disciplined follower of Jesus, we must retrain and renew our minds. How many of you know it's not about us, it's about Jesus? But your mind, it wants to think like it did before it was born again. You watch CNN and CBS and you watch television all day long. There's only one thing that will really change your thinking and replace old thinking with new thinking. You must fill your mind with the thoughts of God so that the old ones can't find anywhere to lodge. Remove them. Not an instant process. Where all of a sudden you just come to church and a service like we had tonight or Sunday night or Sunday morning where the presence of God is just there. And we appreciate that and we love that. But it's not like you just come into the presence of God and He does a supernatural brain transplant. That'd be wonderful. And it could happen if a person needed one. But it's going to be a process. Let's look at James chapter 1 and verse 21. And let's look at the Amplified Version. James chapter 1 verse 21. Amplified. In a humble, gentle, modest spirit receive... And welcome the word. Everyone say, welcome the word. Welcome the word, word, which implanted and rooted in our hearts contains the power to do what? Now listen, very carefully. This is real important that you get this. I know many of you have already got it. But if you haven't got this, put your ears on. He's talking about welcoming the word and the word has the ability to save your souls somebody has said well I thought my soul was already saved listen very carefully James is talking to believers who are already saved and already filled with the Holy Ghost and yet their souls need to be saved their spirits are already saved amen But their minds and their wills and their emotions need to be transformed and changed. And this will happen as they welcome the word of God. Psalms 23. Let's look over there real quickly. Famous verse of scripture about the restoration, the renewal of our souls. The fuller, the better. The more full of God you are, the better life is going to be. The more full of faith you are, the more you will overcome. The more full of the Spirit you are, the less full of the world you are. Amen? In Psalms 23, verse 3, the psalmist said, He restores my soul. 
He restores my soul. So get it here now. James says, the word will save your soul. The psalmist said, the master, Jesus, is the restorer of my soul. Actually, the word restoreth there in Psalms 23, verse 3. Actually, the word restore there is the word translated renew. He renews my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So we see that Romans 12, 2, James 1, 21, and Psalms 23 are basically saying the same thing. What he's saying is this. The word restores. It recovers. Come on, somebody. It rescues. How many of your minds needed some rescuing? I know my mind needed big time rescuing. Glory to God. And he restored my soul. It means to reverse. Can God take a person's mind that was warped by the world and even just battered down by the world and just halfway gone? Can he? Restore? Can he reverse? Hallelujah, he can. He can reverse. To renew means to renovate or to restore or to make like new. You're sitting in an auditorium today that is about 10 years old, this auditorium. This building was, I believe, built in the 70s or in the 80s. When we purchased this building in 2002 and 2003, this was a six-screen movie theater. The upstairs was an absolute mess. The theaters were very uh, sloped. There were beat-up theater chairs in here. And the reason why I'm thinking about this is not only because of the illustration of renewing and restoring... But this is our 10-year anniversary in this building this month. I said, this is our 10-year anniversary in this building this month. I don't know about you, that makes me want to shout. Remember Pastor Hagen came out and dedicated it. Oh, but this place was a mess. There were walls that needed to be tore out. All of the chairs needed to be ripped up. The floor needed to be removed and moved upwards. That is what the Bible is saying about our souls. There's some things that got to be ripped out. There's some things that got to be renovated. There's some things that need to be changed in our souls. How many of you like antiques? If you had a, a valuable antique chair and it was kind of run down and messed up, you'd probably want it restored, right? And at face value, looking at maybe a beat-up antique, you think, well, that's, that's not worth much. That can't be worth much. But after it's restored, it's not the same chair. <laughs> Because it's been renewed and made like new. 
And now it looks like a brand new chair. Hallelujah. Before you were born again, you didn't look like much. But when Jesus came into your heart and you got the word of God, he made you brand new. He restored your soul. He made you just like him. Glory to God. So man's spirit is recreated and man's soul is renewed. So I want to deal with something in closing. And I think it's important that you all know about this. It's really, really vital. I don't believe in healing of memories. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in inner healing. I don't believe in it. I don't, I don't adopt to that, that belief. And the reason why I don't is because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So down here, you don't need a healing. You've been made new. And a lot of what healing of memories is and inner healing is, it's mixing psychology with the Bible. And I don't, you know, psychology is okay. But, you know, psychology will only take you so far. I said psychology will only take you so far. The Word of God will take you all the way. No, don't misunderstand me. A person may need prayer and to, to... you know, need to let go to the past and so forth and so on. But you don't have to go way back into your mother's womb and contemplate about all the things that were done to you and all of the hurts and oh my. And all of the pain of the past. No, God wants us to move beyond the past and beyond the pain into the revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. See, the Bible says old things are passed away. And behold, all things are become new. Come on, somebody. And what Dad Hagen says in his book, one of his books on that, he says, what really needs to take place is people just need to get their minds renewed and start thinking right. Don't misunderstand me. You may need to forgive some people in the past. It ain't going to do you no good, I'll guarantee you, talking about how hurt you are and how they hurt you 30 and 40 years ago. They may have hurt you. They may have done you wrong. But thank God for the blood of Jesus and thank God for the ability to forgive. Come on, somebody. And move on. That doesn't mean you have to knock on their door and have fellowship with them. I'm not not talking about that. I'm talking about for your own sake and for your own benefit. You just need to let some things go. And forgive. And move on. And then let the healing balm of Gilead come into your being. And let the soothing spirit of the living God soothe your soul. And let the word of God change you and renovate you. Learn to think like he thinks and talk like he talks. And I'm telling you, I know it for truth. You will be a brand new person and the past will no longer have dominion over you.
Amen. Glory to God. Would you get anything out of this tonight? Let's all stand up and thank God for his word. Lift your hands with me and say, thank you, Father. Your word is alive. Your word is alive in me. How many of you have ever had a struggle between your spirit and your soul? You know, in your spirit, you know, James, maybe in your spirit, you just knew, you just knew it was right. But your soul tried to talk you out of it. Anybody ever been there? Like everybody. Your spirit knew what was right. You knew the direction to go. But all of a sudden you had this battle up here. You know what you need to do? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to do what Hebrews 4.12 says. Pull up Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. This, this is worth your drive tonight. This is worth your drive. Hebrews the fourth chapter, verse 12. Well, they turned it off. But it says, the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now listen, dividing, come on, dividing what? Dividing asunder between the soul and the spirit. And the joints and the marrow and the discernment of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So when you're having problems between your spirit and your soul, you need to double up. You need to double up. I said you need to double up on the word. Stay in the word. Get in the word. Double in the, up in the word. And let the word divide between the two. Spend time in the word. Spend time in prayer. Tell your soul to shut up and go with God every day all the way. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.